In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who builds us into His priesthood. Priests together, and priests individually. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this week we're celebrating veterans. And a lot of times what happens when we celebrate veterans is that veterans seem to sort of pop out of the woodwork. All of a sudden we recognize people that have given years of their life in service to our country. And a lot of times, at least what I do when I find one of those people, is that I ask them what they did as a veteran. Because what happens when you're a veteran is not all veterans are the same. There are some veterans who hold a gun. There are other veterans who work in logistics. There are other veterans that fly planes and helicopters. There are other veterans that are stuck on boats. There are veterans that cook. There's all sorts of different kinds of veterans that are out there. And it's always interesting for me to hear the stories of how they served and what they did. Because it's not always the same. They're all veterans together. They all serve together. But there's a great amount of difference in it as well. We have five branches of service to start off with that they could serve in. And then from there, when I was going to my local recruiter and uh, trying to figure out if I wanted to go into the service myself, I was just amazed at the amount of different things that I could do in the armed services. So all veterans are not the same. They're different. They have different skills. They have different abilities. They have different callings. And likewise, pastors are a little bit different. You know, if if somebody asks me what I do, normally I sort of just answer that question with pastor. And then one of the things that usually comes up is, like when I ask veterans what they did, they'll ask me, well, exactly what does that mean? Because people have this idea of pastors that, well, they sort of know what we do on Sundays, but then uh, during the week, do you just pray a lot? What do you do? Is it like 40 hours of preparing the sermon? And so, I usually get to tell them, well, you know, I'm probably not like every other pastor in the world, but uh, these are the things that I do. And so, this week I was at the Florida-Georgia Board of Directors meeting, and this week I had a lot of uh, leadership conversations with people, and this week we've been thinking about uh, the direction that this church is going in for the next three years, and so we've been having conversations around that. And I've been putting together the newsletter, which I really have grown to sort of despise, um, uh, because it takes a long time. And uh, I've, I've been putting together Bible studies, and uh, you you could probably pick up, even if I didn't say that I was a pastor, you could probably pick up, okay, those are sort of pastoral things, I can understand that. But up in Albany, Georgia, 
Albany, Georgia, however you pronounce it. Uh, there's another pastor who's going to be installed into that congregation this afternoon. His name is Mark Robbie. He's a different pastor from me. He's in a different context. He does. He's going to be doing different things. And so, if you looked at what he was doing this past week, and you looked at what I was doing this past week, or if you looked at what he's going to be doing this next week, or what I'm going to be doing this next week, it's going to be probably a different list. And yet, at the same time, if you just ask us out of the blue, so, what do you do? We're going to answer, well, I'm a pastor. Which is actually dodging the question, isn't it? I'm dodging the question because I don't want to go through the laundry list of stuff that I do. That would take a while and probably bore you to death, just like I just did. Instead, I just respond not with what I do, but rather with my role, with my identity in a lot of ways, at least a part of my identity is being that guy who has that funny word pastor at the front of his name. And that's the way that a lot of us respond to that question. When you say, well, when people say, well, what do you do? You respond, well, I'm a student. Or you respond, well, I I work in retail. Or you respond in some other way. You don't actually give them what you do. But you give them who you are. What your role is. You see, there's sort of sometimes a a disconnect between who we are and, and, and what we do. That it's not always that clear when we say, this is who I am, it's not always clear in what we do. There's some differences that come into that. And so if you're a son, or you're a daughter, or you're a wife, or you're a husband, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the same as all of the other husbands out there, or all the other wives out there, or all the other sons out there, or all of the other daughters out there. But the things that you do, the activities that you do, that they still flow out of that identity that you have as son or daughter, husband, wife, mother, father, pastor, food service worker, veteran. And it's that sense of identity that is the most important thing And that's probably why you answer with your sense of identity when somebody asks you what you do. Because you even recognize that the most important thing about that question is not actually what you do. The most important thing about that question is who you are. In the Old Testament, there were a variety of these people that were called priests. Now, the priests came from a one tribe. And it wasn't even that everybody in that tribe was a priest. 
but still there were a variety of different kinds of priests, a different a variety of different activities that those priests did. Some of those priests gave sacrifices. Some of those priests said, I'm going to make a judgment and a ruling on this civil issue. Some of those priests would be teachers. Some of those priests would have other responsibilities. Making sure that the temple was kept up. And yet all of them were combined in this vocation of being priests together. And God gave those priests this overarching sense of what it means to be a priest. And He gives that to Aaron, the high priest in number 6 that Arnold just read. What it means to be a priest is that you put the name of God onto God's people. That section from number 6 that we hear at the end of every worship service here. The Lord bless you and keep you. And if you look at that section, you'll see that the Lord, the name of God, shows up in that three times. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord look upon you with favor and be gracious to you. Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. And so the Old Testament priests were given this name of God to apply to people three times. And so it should come as no surprise to us that when Jesus is commissioning the priests of the New Testament, that He sends those priests out saying, apply the name of God to people three times. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Behold you, I am with you, even until the end of the age. That speaking the name of God onto people is what it means to be a priest. And that's the overarching idea of what it means for us, then, to be priests in God's kingdom. That we are called to actually speak God's name on to people in the forgiveness of sins by proclaiming the gospel, by telling people that Jesus Christ actually loved them enough that He died on a cross for them. And so then we get into how this all figures into this built series that we've been talking about and how this is going to figure into who we are for this next year as a congregation at University Lutheran. And I feel, honestly, I have to confess that I haven't done a very good job of explaining this up until this point today and maybe I'll do a little bit better. But what it means is that together as a congregation, we are trying to see what God is building us up into being. Trying to see 
what it is that God has for us in that building of the spiritual house together. That each one of us can go to God and ask Him and say, Lord, we want to know how we move forward together as a church. As that spiritual house. And then as we begin to discover what it means for us to be church together, what it means for us to be University Lutheran, not just me, not just you, but us. We're in the South. Y'all. What it means for us together to be church. And then once we understand what it means for us together to be church, and what God's will for this church is, that then we can begin to look at who we are, and what our role is in this church. Because without understanding the direction that we're going in, we can't really understand who we're supposed to be. For those of you that are veterans, you probably understand that in order for your unit to move forward in whatever it was doing, you needed a bunch of people doing different stuff. But that the goal together was you moving towards that. And so you needed a whole bunch of different roles, a whole bunch of different identities. And that's what we're looking to God for now in this second part of the Built series. Who am I in this, Lord? If we already understand the way in which God is moving our church together, now we have to ask the question, okay, God, if that is where we're moving together, then who am I in that? And some of us would like to have some roles that, well, they, they're probably not roles that God is too interested in. Some of us would like to have roles like, well, Lord, I would love to be the chief complainer. Uh, that would be really, really good. I would enjoy that. Um, I would like to tell other people what to do. That would be fantastic. Uh, others of us would like to be the people that show up once a month to make sure that everything is going according to our standards. Other people would like to be the people that, well, you know, you get to say, well, this is not really my church. I just come here and visit. But God has a role for each and every one of us. And maybe it'll be surprising. Maybe that is the role. Maybe we do need a chief complainer so that the rest of us don't have to worry about complaining. But what is that role for you? And when you begin to understand what that role is for you, then the next part of our series together, this part that's about the spiritual sacrifices, that's going to come pretty naturally. Because if you understand who you are in this priesthood of all believers, then you begin to see what needs to be done in your specific role. And that's the direction that we're heading in. And yet all the while, it's important for us to remember that central truth about the difference between identity and activity.
that in our roles as priests and in the roles of priests in the Old Testament, they didn't always do the right things. There were priests that did the wrong things. And yet, they were still priests. That's you too. Because your activities may be the wrong thing. Your activities may need to cease or they may actually need to start. But that doesn't change your identity. Your identity is you are a priest. And it's not because of anything that you have done. But it's because that Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross for you and raised out of a tomb, has called you to be His priest forever after that mysterious order of Melchizedek that continues on forever and forever and forever throughout all of eternity. He has made us priests. Now, we just have to think about what kind of priests we are. Amen.